Welcome back to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. I am your host, Brianna, and I am so happy that you're with us today on week five, day five, because that means you are persevering. (laughs) You are working through this Bible study and you are learning to study God's word. So one of the things that you are going to be doing today as you study God's word, is you're going to be doing a word search. Now, there's some reading at the beginning, but please don't skip the word search at the end, the word study. We're going to be studying the word intent, will, and purpose in Ephesians. So you're going to do a search for that. You can use a Bible hub or Bible app, um, Bible Gateway, or version, or you can just read through Ephesians if you have a lot of time and look for every, every time you see the word will, intent, and purpose. Actually, I have the, the references down for you to make it easy. Um, and I want you to pray and ask God to teach you about his heart. Because when you say, like, what's someone's intentions about this? When, you, when you're talking about somebody's intentions, um, usually you're making a judgment call on what type of a person they are. You know, if you say like, oh, I think um, that sports coach did that decision with the team because they were trying to do, and then you can make some kind of judgment on their heart. And and you don't actually know somebody's intentions, um, but here in scripture, we are told Several times, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in the book of Ephesians, what God's will and intent is. So when we see this, when we see what God's will and his intentions are, that helps us to know who he is. And we're just told flat out by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul what his intentions are. So it's like if, you know, if a guy comes to a girl and says, my intention is you know, I'm really serious about you, then the girl isn't guessing anymore. Okay, this guy's serious about me. And I'm and and it's that's refreshing, isn't it? I I just am so glad I'm not in that stage of life anymore. But um having a daughter who's in college and all of her friends are in college and seeing and my friends who have kids in college and seeing them kind of navigating those waters and wondering like okay, this is awkward. Where, what are we? Is this something? Are we friends? I don't know. It's so refreshing when somebody just says, these are my intentions. Um, it's very manly. And it's, it's as long as it's not creepy, that could be done in a creepy way. But um, you know what I'm saying? It's so nice for somebody just to be upfront and be a clear communicator instead of all this passive aggressiveness and things. But God is being, he's not passive aggressive. God is <laughs> direct in a good way. And he says, these are my intentions. So as you do your study, you're going to be looking at those words and ask the Holy Spirit, speak to my heart so I can understand your heart. I want my heart to understand your heart. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to me about our relationship based on your intentions. So that is going to be a very powerful tool. I encourage you, it's at the end of the day of study. Don't skip it. It's it's special. So even if you only have time to do the reading at the beginning and then maybe save that for like another time in the day, like in the evening, um, or just don't skip over it and be like, oh, I'm not going to do the writing thing because it's extra special today. Um, and I want to encourage you to... Um, 
with seeking the heart of God, and we've been talking about unity, is um, we're, we have to read the Bible in context. So when we read about unity, we cannot um, be unified in that temple of the living God um, unless we belong to God. God has um, made a way, and He couldn't do any more. Imagine this. God couldn't do any more than He has already done by sacrificing His only Son. And some people, and I I have a friend, a beautiful friend who has just come to Christ, and as we were fleshing this out, and she was like, I don't understand. This seems so exclusive. Why? Why does it have to be Jesus? Why? And we've talked, we've talked through this. And I and I said to her, would God be a good father? Let's talk about his intentions. Would God be a good father if he sacrificed his son for no purpose? Really? Like if there was some way that people could come to the father without Jesus dying, don't you think God would have made that way? Because if there was a way and God didn't make it, what kind of a good father is that? Really? And Jesus always calls the Father good, and Jesus knew the Father's will, and he said, Father, if there is any other way for this to happen, let this cup pass from me. And his Father didn't show him another way. God always answered Jesus' prayers. He always answered his son's prayers. Fully God, fully man. Um, He had the Holy Spirit, the scripture says, without limit. And he knew how tough it was going to be to sacrifice his life. But he knew it was absolutely necessary. And Jesus, in a great example of humility, humbled himself and obeyed the Father and submitted to the Father's authority. It was the Father's idea. A lot of people say, uh, I love Jesus. Jesus died for me, but I don't like God. God is so mean. The God of the Old Testament is so mean. It was the Father's will that Jesus die and be resurrected. It was the Father's will that we see his mercy and grace and forbearance and power to transform our lives and resurrect us. So when we talk about knowing the Father's will and peace and unity, we cannot have that peace and unity apart from Christ. We cannot have that peace and unity apart from the truth that is provided to us in God's word. The world wants to eliminate Jesus. The world wants to take Jesus out. The world, in fact, wants not just with Christianity, the world wants to bring down any barriers that maybe people would feel like, oh, that's mean. You can't say that. Like we, we want, we want this peace that is fake. Um, and it's it's not genuine. We we don't want the real peace that comes by dealing with the real issues and the real issues that separate us and cause hostility are unforgiveness and sin and death in our lives. And Jesus came to remove all of that. And so when we remove Jesus, we remove the answer. When we remove Jesus, we remove our advocate before the Father. Um, I've heard it put this way. Um, imagine you're going before a judge and you have this 
um, huge, this huge thing that you're responsible for, whether it was, you were, you committed a crime or, or you just have like, maybe you have like, oh, like a hundred thousand dollars in back taxes and you can't pay it and you go before the judge, who better to be your advocate and your lawyer than the judge's son? And the judge's son comes up and says, dad, I'm going to pay for this person's fine Please let them go free of charge. What Jesus did was it's called he he imputed his righteousness to us and we gave him our sin and he who be, he who had no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when we're seeking the heart of God, we have to know that peace comes through the son. And there's no other way to find that peace with God. And it is not because God's mean. It's not because God's this horrible person or super strict. It's because there was no other way for people to be reconciled to God because of the weight and the death of our sin. But the Lord took it on himself, and he gives us grace. We give him our ugliness, and he gives us grace. It's a beautiful thing. So as you study this, there's so much more that in your study today that you're going to read about these issues. And I wish you um, the best with that. And I encourage you to pray and seek the heart of God and ask the Lord to give you revelation as you do that. God bless.